Welcome to the new Cyber Frontier, bringing you the latest news, trends, and hottest topics that focus on advances in cybersecurity and cyber industry economics. Our expert yet down-to-earth hosts make cybersecurity straightforward. They ask the tough questions and make this challenging topic something that everyone can understand. Our candid approach lets guests open up on topics we would all like to see addressed. You can find us on the web at newcyberfrontier.com. That's www.newcyberfrontier.com. Now join today's host as he introduces the topic for today's New Cyber Frontier. Welcome to today's episode of New Cyber Frontier. In studio with me here today, you have Tim Montgomery. Uh, Tim's no stranger, he's been on before, but he's going to become more of a readily steady feature here and host some of the shows. Tim, uh, great background. Now let me work you up before I let you say say hi. <laughs> Sounds <again>. good. <laughs> um, Tim is uh, many things. He's a ex-Marine Corps, right. former, uh, Marine. former Marine uh, professor, several different institutions, universities, Correct. worked with me at Colorado Tech. Um, works in the federal government on the transportation security side. So this will be a little bit of a different spin, hopefully some little bit expertise in an area that we haven't had too much of um, as kind of the consumer level security, transportation security. Uh, TSA does a lot of uh, consulting. Also a PhD student. I know you're working on a dissertation yes, sir. at University of Colorado. But Tim... Welcome today. Thank you for the <laughs> intro. <laughs> yeah. How do you feel about uh, taking over some hosting and uh, being a little more of a steady feature here at New Cyber? Oh, I'm all for it. Uh, I think it's an excellent opportunity to get my voice out there and kind of put my footprint on the cybersecurity community and help with uh, expanding on anything that uh, and my expertise and skills will allow in the community. Yeah. So definitely... Um, we want to know about you today, though, since people are going to be hearing your voice, you drilling some people. We don't know why are we hearing this guy on there, but we want to get personal. We want to know your background. Okay. So tell us about what led you up, what little Tim was like. And what tiny, gave Tim. You, tiny Tim. Tiny <laughs> Tim. Know, what gave you an interest in cybersecurity? Uh, I've always had the need and feel to kind of drive my skills at um, – at helping people. So uh, that derives, I think, in the community a lot. A lot of the it's heartfelt from the community side of wanting to support, um, you know, security measures to supporting small businesses, things. And we know that the world is trending into the virtual ecosystem and uh, it more or less is, is, is driving for a security measure to be implied across the board to secure day-to-day uh, -day life there. Uh, the other thing is I've always loved computers, had a passion for it. Even as a young kid, I was always breaking stuff and trying to fix it. Uh, my mom, I remember having a swing set at the age of four and thinking how cool it was to take it apart. She didn't think that was very good. I was mad about it. But the engineer mind is what I what I think of when I, when I say those things. Always um, curious. Yeah, always curious. Yeah. So building a computer in my uh in my bedroom all the time just so if I can build it better or if I could break it again just to see what the functional pieces would do. I always say break it, but it means test it to its limits to me. So bringing that into the equation along with support and helping others, um, security came to mind just through iteration after iteration of being in the military and helping being part of the DOD at some points and the different agencies out there. Um, it kind of singled me, focused me to 
just, you know, protecting, you know, the thing I loved, which was computers, you know, the passion yeah. I had. So those kind of drove together. And I'm, I ended up with a giant degree on the other end and in pursuit of trying to further it in the community. Yeah. Well, I know that um, it seems like now we train people from the ground up for cybersecurity. Right. But people like us, we didn't start out that way. It's no. just kind of like something that, that happened over the years and then we fell into. Did you ever like um, think, you know, I don't like this? There were some points where I didn't know what, uh, you know, is this the thing? You know, everyone, I think, asked that question at one point or another multiple times in their life as they go through their journey. And uh, I think I loved, you know, the infrastructure and the systems. I could build those. Um, loved, you know, how the dynamics went fit together, especially on big projects and things. And those new infrastructures go in. Everyone gets all, I, I geek out a little bit. So, uh, but the security side, not so much. That was always tempered um, back in the day as being something that kind of hindered the overall operations. As we trended through, we knew that, uh, or as I saw, see it, as it started unfolding in, in the last, let's say, 15 years or so over the time, I'd have to say, you know, cybersecurity has really become an accompaniment, an accomp- uh, a, a complement to the system itself. So, I mean, we get in these massive virtual environments where you talk about everyday e-commerce. Yeah, well, let's take a break here from our, our sponsors. We'll be right back the New Cyber Frontier. Cyber Resilience Institute helps build strong cyber communities designed to prevent members from attack. Like building a neighborhood watch, it takes coordination and a sharing community to protect our identities and valuables in the virtual world. Typically, we hear that organizations know they need to do something to protect their cyber assets, but don't know where to begin. Let Cyber Resilience Institute help your community create an action plan. Cyber Resilience Institute will build your community or business marketplace so that it is designed to support a collective cyber defense. Contact them for more information at cyberresilienceinstitute.org. So welcome back to New Cyber Frontier. On today, kind of interviewing our new uh, host for New Cyber Frontier, Tim Montgomery. Um, and uh, before the break, we kind of talked about how you got into cybersecurity and, and where you're at. And uh, I know just from, from working with Tim that both of us have a similar path that we didn't feel like we were cybersecurity people until like all of a sudden we're in the thick of it, in the middle of it. And all of a sudden we have to, you know, put the policy down for places and like, okay, I guess this is what I do. <laughs> but it was years of just infrastructure and uh, being kind of the person that knew, had their fingers in every pie that led to that focus in cybersecurity. Pretty much, yeah. And I always I always look at that and I wonder, you know, especially when we're training people, we, we both spend a lot of time in educators and they want us to train new cybersecurity people. Yeah. But it seems like our path wasn't training us to be cybersecurity. It was after you know everything, then you, you kind of have to do this piece. Right, right. Um, how difficult do you find it to, to, do you think cybersecurity is something we train from the ground up or is it just take the most senior person and then you kind of add that into their, their knowledge base? Well, I normally, uh, I think they come from all facets and I've got 
distinctively uh, over time of teaching individuals, I think they each bring something to the table for cybersecurity. And I think cybersecurity needs to be well-rounded. The community itself needs to bring in uh, different facets to become um, as strong as it's supposed to be. I think some of the elements that are probably missing here could be we're getting, we're getting into privacy laws. We're, we need lawyers that knew, know the law side of this. On uh, understanding how legislation works and how to imply compliances and things like that, as long as as much as we need the engineering people um, or the administrators, um, and we need those good go, those good practices. So I think over the years, teaching individuals, uh, I think they each bring something to the table. It's interesting to see just uh, when you start applying the different requirements to to learn cybersecurity to each individual, how each one of them are uniquely different, and how each one of them. They bring their own peace, but then they also have their own hardships. So as we did, uh, and, and when we were going through the, the, the gauntlet, I guess you could say, uh, to get to where it kind of just presented itself. Uh, so in a lot of ways, I think the uh, perspective here for teaching is, is uh, tremendous. And bringing those on, that it's always going to change the, the community. And I think it's just making it strong. Yeah. So, um, you, and you are, we'll say transportation security. I know that you have an affiliation with TSA that we're not going to talk about too much on here. Right. Um, but that is a whole side of almost consumer security that everybody's in, involved with. Even, you know, right. on the organization level, you're setting that up. But now it's going through the airports, uh, transportation. It's everything these days, right? Buses, trains, whatever. Right. Um, I think you bring a unique perspective. Talk about that you know, where you feel that you can bring uh, light from that side into New Cyber Frontier? Well, I think in in, uh, in our case, New Cyber Frontier is a, a good platform for the cybersecurity community. That being said, TSA um, has, was stood up um, back when 9-11 hit us. Uh, that was the need then. They knew the perspective behind why TSA was stood up in the first place was because the individuals that were flying those aircraft um, May managed to make it through the wickets, uh, or if you would, um, when there was nothing there to stop them. So mm -hmm. something had to be done to set up a system of some sort that would protect that that would never happen again. Thus, TSA was born. Uh, over the years, um, TSA is, has been tremendous uh, fundamental piece in dedicating itself to supporting everything internally in the United States, infrastructure-wise to securing it, whether it be transportation, trains, planes, automobiles, anything in the supply chain, along with the virtual economics that we're talking about here, right, this ecosystem. Mm -hmm. um, so I think the, the, what it brings, what I bring to the plate when I say TSA is I bring that history with me and I bring in just the mindset to support the internal mechanisms, how how security is prevalent in today and how it's complementary to the ecosystem we currently have in everyday's life. And I think that touches bases with most Americans today. Uh, most Europeans, most people in the world do e-commerce somewhere, somehow. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what has changed about us all. You know, with the uh, pandemic, think about that. COVID has kind of forced us all to be at home. What's that opened up a new horizon for doing uh, telework, virtual work from home, right? Working from home, which is put a big damper and a different perspective on how we do business operate and operations for each organization. Uh, that's another perspective that TSA has taken on and tried to help 
uh, used to uh, enforce security across the board for just doing day-to-day business with uh, their own internal organizational components. So those are different perspectives uh, that I could bring to the table and shine light on from the from the historical value of TSA. Yeah. So, and uh, a lot of people, you know, you see TSA officers, um, you hear DHS. Yeah. And I, I guess I don't know what the difference is, where the line kind of falls on that. Is that something you can elaborate on? Well, a little bit. Um, I think you can, you can always look at the TSA and its history. It's out there. Department of Homeland Security, when it was brought up, um, it has many different departments and facets. TSA was one of the earlier components that branched out only because, like I said, 9-11. Um, it's, but they're not under the same? They Well, t- technically, or? TSA is under DHS. Okay. So there's lots of different branches uh, or departments that come under Department of Homeland Security, DHS. Mm-hmm. Um, TSA is just one of them. You've got the uh, flights. Um, the FAA, you've got different little components like CISA, which is a cyber infrastructure component. Um, yeah, mainly, we've had uh, Mr. Sondheim on. Right. Talk about yeah, that. Mr. Sondheim, yeah. Lots of information from him. Um, but the uh, TSA and what it, the, the, the way TSA interacts with everything is um, it generally um, it generally enforces in the infrastructure like uh, your everyday life. So it applies to systems that you would use transportation-wise. Mm-hmm. Um, it applies so it's an to extension of the policy they make to actually how that interfaces with the people and the during your yeah. So comings and goings. True. So like uh, FedEx, Christmas time. Uh, oh, so that's under TSA. Well, that's that's a part of the security that TSA has. Didn't know they had. So all the mission. transportations that you're dealing with, all the ships you deal with. Um, I think there's a little over 400 different, um, different airports. And so you see those TSA officers up there and they're dealing with security every day. Um, they also changed up the way the security for a hospital or for airport works. Mm-hmm. Um, it also encompasses very small airports to very large airports. Um, you're talking about transportation mechanisms, your trains, mm-hmm. um, your trucking systems across the United States, um, just the way they so handle on the highways too. Right. You don't think of them too much for that. No. So you've got other elements. And th- so think about it this way. Ships and uh, uh, ports and everything. Maritime yeah. force is true. Is that under? Yep. So the is Coast Guard that- is under, under, um, under DHS, which is another branch. Okay. It's now moved to under there and they inter- interact with one another. So you got m- multiple systems under TSA that are systems that hold that type of information to support all these different components that are moving around to secure them. Yeah, it's almost like as a consumer, you're more uh, more touch points with TSA than you would DHS. That's just kind of like this government. Yeah. So, and you may topic. you may interact with uh, you may interact with different departments like the FAA. You may have parts there that you may. I mean, you may have like uh, you know your checklist for flight could have different components that interact with different. Uh, departments in DHS, but TSA is one of them. And it's primarily um, about transportation and security of transportation in those different facets, trucks and planes, different types of transportation. And it has a cybersecurity component to it that supports a lot of the elements behind what allows, um, well, pre-check. Pre-check, we all know when we go to the airport, there's a thing called pre-check. So what runs that system? You know, Mm -hmm. and how many systems really are out there that runs like that? 
So that's just one of the many different little systems that are out there that does all the checks, the background, all the things that lets you go through freely um, or will bring you up on a list, a no-flight list, things like, like that. that. And let's, we're going to take a break here from our sponsors. We'll be back, talk about that because you we're now touching individual personal privacy. Yeah. Um, be right back in a minute. Welcome back to New Cyber Frontier. On today, talking with our new host, uh, Tim Montgomery, who is going to uh, be a more permanent feature here at New Cyber Frontier. Before the break, we were talking about kind of that transportation security, and then you got into that pre-check. And now we're talking you know, something people start to see, that you know, privacy. How does that relate to me? Mm-hmm. It is my identity, um, and that's moving digital and we're, you know, I know I'm concerned about how many places do I have to fill out, put all my information into a new agency all the time or a new website. And I'm like, do they, how are they keeping track of my data? How are they handling it? Like um, now they have these uh, forms you can fill out for, you know, swab your mouth and get your DNA testing, right? Right. Send it in. Now another group that you don't know has this very kind of private information uh, DNA. in a database Basically. somewhere. And we're starting to entrust our government agencies with this type of stuff. Um, what, what, do you, what do you think about that That kind of that turn towards, I think people don't realize how important this is and the preface this is happening with all this data of that privacy nature being held by agencies. Well, as far as security is concerned, um, they do the best they can do uh, to secure every element um, and separate the data um, and only have specific locked. Um, I can tell you some of the most tedious as an ad- admin, I don't, uh, working there, I don't have any rights to anything. Um, they're always checked by somebody else. There's only specific people that have rights to specific reasons. Sometimes their admin rights will be turned on and turned off according to their need and job because they're so protective over this data. It's just a whole different atmosphere um, working for different agencies. This one's different. Uh, and the way it does some of the stuff, the way it does some of the accesses. So I think it's got a higher rate of, of uh, security value to their systems. Um, and that's just from what I get a chance to see myself. And so security is based on privacy and what you have. Of yes. Individual yeah, it, it is definitely. When we talk about um, authentic- authentication, it's like like any other system that you would have with the government that you've got to go through the authority to, to get operations. And that implies the complexities of of compliance for for all the elements when you got PII or you got HIPAA, uh, mm-hmm. any of those things, those facets that that um, that you're going to have to protect. You've got multiple uh, controls, and they got to stay compliant. But these, I think, these individuals take it a step further for security a little bit here, um, just because they're on the front lines. Um, it's good so to see that that a you know government effort agency is 
yeah. is taking that seriously. Yeah, they really do. And they really are passionate about people uh, they work with and for. The American people is what we're out for. Mm-hmm. Um, we really do want to protect your privacy. We want to make sure that you guys, uh, as individuals out there doing your day-to-day, the freedom is is what we're, you know, as Americans, that's we're free. We're supposed to be free. Um, so protecting that data and, and accumulating more types of data like your DNA um, will take it a step further. Um, and yes, it's quite possible. We all know that breaches can happen. We won't say that they will never happen. Mm-hmm. But I think these individuals try to take it a step further to support this not happening to them. Yeah. Is there a um, mandate uh, from the government and from DHS about how that has to be handled? Is or is it just kind of done in-house there now, TSA's? What's the directive that says, here's how it has to be handled and people look at it as one of them? 4,300, if you look at the DHS's 4,300, it has a lot of, of what um, TSA goes by as far as regulations. Okay. Um, so you can take a look. I don't know if it's publicly out there, but that's the regulations that, uh, that we repeatedly go back to for precedence over. Of course, that all implies by your NIST standards, uh, your RMF uh, 800 series. It, you said you're not sure if that's public to anybody, though? Well, I would say that if you Google it, it'll pop up on you. Let's put it that way. Um, so it's a DSH, DHS 4300 series. 43 series, yeah. So 43.1 like, or .2, you'll find them out there in in uh, a lot of um they may have not made the specifics public um although you'll probably find it out there if it isn't um i know a lot of the government agencies have, have uh if you google them you'll find you'll find this stuff anyway yeah um so i'm not absolutely sure let's say the d uh the agriculture department of agriculture seemed to have uh Seem to have let some things out there. I was I was just looking for forms for specific, you know, to fill out for. And usually there's a site that will give you all the army regulations and things like that. So mm-hmm. um, I happen to find some other things out there that I don't, I'm not sure if that's truly the way that that department wanted it to be or agency wanted it to be. That does happen to all of us. Interesting. Um, yeah, you hear so much about, you know, military regulations, uh, medical records, but uh, I've never even really looked up that that specific, specific series right. of uh, compliance to see where they fall and everything. So it is you do bring a unique perspective, and I think that's uh, that's good here at, at New Cyber Frontier to to have that that because I wouldn't even know how to ask questions on on those specific things or you know where that's going. Well, yeah, and the, well, in the background I have should give experience to you know kind of pointing down, getting deep into some of that stuff. Is certainly going to be useful uh, on Cyber Frontier. So, yeah. So tell me about uh, your working PhD. You've yes. Been a professor for years. Where's your passion in in research? What's what's your your thoughts for for moving forward with that? Well, I'd like to use blockchain. I know we talk about blockchain all the time, Chris. You're the guru at blockchain when it comes down to some of these things. Um, blockchain is something I think is going to set precedence across the board for the ecosystem as we know it the the internet as we know it i think that's where we're headed with this little bit by little bit just like anything else in the internet um has evolved and i believe this is just one of those elements just waiting to burst out of uh where its potential is um so cyber cyber security definitely needs for cyber security this is and that's that's what i see a lot too and i know uh you know it's good to have other people on to talk about it i'm kind of sometimes a broken record on it but um (laughs) I figured that, you would be. That, um, <laughs> that, you know, it's it seems to me that uh, it's the first game changer I've seen 
in cybersecurity. And I hate even to use the word blockchain because it's so related right. nowadays with cryptocurrency. Something else. Than what? Um, but distributed ledger, the technology behind blockchain, I think uh, in a, in lends to that privacy segregation, that next generation of individuals having more control and definement over their their data in general. Yeah, and I think it also evolves into things like autonomy of cars. We're talking about the car interacting with its own components inside of itself. Mm -hmm. I mean, think about going down the road and and somebody deliberately does something to the car. Um, well, blockchain would be able to securely allow the car to interact without being interrupted. If something would happen, it would be protected internally. There's something that you inevitably won't be able to break. So the car itself will be more secure in its, you know, tr transaction between its components to try to uh, secure, you know, this autonomy in the car. Mm -hmm. So I think of it kind of like in those measures as well. We'll, so is that where you're doing research is in cars well, and autonomy? Or? I th I th well, the way it's evolving, it sounds like it's starting to move, trending into that direction. Um, I like that idea. I also like, I want to get into more of the privacy idea because I think that has to do a lot more with personal information that we uh, that we deal with every day. I'm more interested in using blockchain in several different directions to see what we can do with it. Yeah. Um, I'm always curious, no matter what we or how we, we project using this type of uh, technology, uh, what are the different facets that we can apply it to? I realize I can only do so much at once, um, but those are the different types of things also. Um, several different uh, several different components inside uh, the university I'm doing my PhD through uh, that lends its hand to a lot of different technologies and how we could use blockchain to integrate into that system, those systems or set of subsystems like autonomy. When I talk about autonomy, we're talking about multiple sets of systems working together to make this vehicle move or whatever potential item it might be. So, you know, that's a trans those are transactions among components or subsystems, systems inside systems. So, um, those are different elements I think can apply to blockchain and using yeah. blockchain to do that. And you Same. mentioned, you mentioned kind of ecosystem and I see, you know, that's one thing that we've proved with the kind of cryptocurrency is we could take an ecosystem of a whole bunch of people making transactions in a yeah. trust, you know, where you don't trust anybody yeah. and make it work. Um, and they, that's the one thing that cryptocurrency has proved is that right. we can do that. Still secure privacy. Um, that too. And Exactly. Can, that's where, where I was kind of going with that, yeah. is that now can those things that we use for privacy be laid into that? And and how does that make a paradigm where instead of chasing risk, we're trying to say, okay, what did we spend last year on cybersecurity and how much risk did it mitigate? It's really the only way to do things right now. Well, but it's only to measure them, right? Yeah, no way to measure it. It's yeah. all qualitative right but in the future we might have this tool that says now we can put things on a distributed ledger and quantitatively measure and pre-sell them so like have it controlled up front instead of just trying to pick up the pieces in retrospect true well i think it i think there's a lot more trust when we can prove that blockchain will inevitably well i guess can't be broken in the sense of what blockchain was set to do uh, to to actually integrate that integrity, that non-repudiation piece mm -hmm. into everyday transactions, data that flows from point A to point B, no matter what system or subsystems uh, interacts with. Um, mm -hmm. And then that would also apply 
to the data that is pushed from A to B uh, and how that can be trusted and and protected, like privacy and its measures that imply that even transactions, you'll never you'll never understand what was in the transaction. Um, it can be an anonymity uh, or an, someone who who just transacting through and no one ever knows who they are, but they're, they're, there's a gain of trust and integrity because of the blockchain measure implied. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah, it, there's just different, tons of different types of facets. And when we get into e- these different types of ecosystems that we're just referring to, and the u- universities are really heavy into specific things. Um, if we want to talk about a, uh, l- let's call it a pan, a personal area network. These individuals who are the first responders who have several different gadgets to support uh, what they do on a day-to-day basis mm-hmm. and getting themselves in harm's way. We're talking about military transactions, things where they've got to go in and, uh, you know, clear a house, clear a building, uh, different things that the, your first responders, your police officers, your firefighters, when they show up on a scene, they're not sure what to do. And in today's world, we talk about terrorist acts, things of that nature. So this could imply those different subsets, those different devices working together, they can be encrypted and imply that policy to them um, to guarantee that no one's going to be able to break into that little set of uh, you know devices working together to 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 protect that individual. Yeah. So I mean, all kinds of facets here that you could think of how blockchain can be applied to these different types of systems to support people's lives, to support hospitals and how they interact. Um, to gaining trust and privacy measures against all different data that that flows through each one of those systems. So we can go on and on and on. Good. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So uh, kind of wrapping up here, we're you know we're this whole show was introducing you, um, and moving forward, you're going to bring a couple. Uh, I know we had some you had some ideas about people you'd come on and, and have as guests on on your show. Uh, what types do you uh, of topics do you think? you are excited to kind of bring on and vet on the show? Um, well, I've got a, a lot of interacting uh, with different agencies and I would like to get into, um, you know, maybe bringing some of the, um, some of the different agencies that and components on there and getting some thought on fu- the future of cyber um, where we're at today. Some of the heavy hitting, um, you know, news related components. Um, we can get into any sub, sub issues you want to get into the voting system um definitely one of those things i'd like to get to take on from the dhs side um and what are other future technologies so university will bring those in uh and maybe some of the uh, professors that i know uh to see if we can you know just get some interaction on some of the things they might be doing and how, what that might look like for the future for not only cybersecurity but for you know our ecosystems our virtual uh environments that we that you know we we use on a daily basis yeah you know how is that how are we as us as the cyber community going to imply you know what we're working on today to tomorrow yeah so i mean lots of different people that can be out there but i I plan to bring individuals over i also want to talk about cyber law um and how that's changing and the landscape of how cybersecurity does business today yeah so that's the you heard from tim uh reach out to us if you can uh, bring a uh, an expertise in those areas, or just a perspective view from the industry and your your sector. But uh, Tim would love to have you on and interview you. So uh, go ahead and reach out to us at uh, info at newcyberfrontier.com. and we'll look forward to Tim coming on and uh, adding his unique spin to New Cyber Frontier. I look forward to it. Thanks for joining today, Tim. Yes, thanks, Chris. 
All right. Have a good one today. You heard it today. Uh, our new host, Tim Montgomery, coming soon to New Cyber Frontier. Thank you for listening to New Cyber Frontier. Remember to follow or like our post and circulate each new show to your networks. We keep you informed, bring you the latest news, explore new trends, and find the hottest topics. With New Cyber Frontier, you don't have to be a computer or cybersecurity expert. Just get plugged in. We encourage you to get involved. Tell us what topics interest you and join our mailing lists. You can find us on the web at www.newcyberfrontier.com. That's newcyberfrontier.com. Check out our previous interviews and please let us know if there are any topics that you would like to hear discussed. See you next time on New Cyber Frontier.